0: Hey, everybody, it's Mike. I wanted to bring you up to date on a couple of things. Uh, The show now has a website. You can go to www.lightfootpodcast.com and you'll be able to get any and all of the episodes that I've recorded. Also, we now have a Patreon account, and you can find that at www.patreon.com slash carefreehighwayrevisited. So again, the website lightfootpodcast.com and the Patreon is patreon.com slash carefreehighwayrevisited. Thanks a lot and on with the show.
1: The first guest of the evening is truly a poet. He's an artist. He is a, a friend and an inspiration to anyone who I think who has ever played the guitar uh, or tried to write poetry. Would you please welcome Gordon Lightfoot?
0: Sailing down the summer wind, I've got whiskers on my chin, and I like the mood I'm in, as I while away the time of day in the lee of Christian Island. This is Carefree Highway Revisited, the show that celebrates the work of Gordon Lightfoot song by song. I am your host, Mike Messner, and along with me today is a fellow fan, he's from Anchorage, Alaska, John Klaproth. John, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, I appreciate it. So, Tell me how you first got into Gordon's music. In my late teens, about the time that I went
1: into the Navy, which was in 72, I was always a folk music fanatic. I grew up with the Weavers and uh, Peter, Paul, Mary, and some of the other greats of that time. And he was just one more uh, that I appreciated.
0: What do you appreciate about Gordon's music in particular? I mean, you named some pretty heavy hitters in the folk world, but what is it about Lightfoot's music that really stands out to you?
1: Well, with with having been a a sailor in the the Navy, I really appreciate all the songs that he has written and done about sailing. And and so there's been that personal connection, if you will.
0: Yeah. And he's written, you know, several songs having to do with seafaring stuff. This is the third one, I think, that he had done, the one that we're going to be talking about today. What about your experience seeing him live? Have you seen him in concert?
1: Unfortunately, I have not had the, uh, the pleasure. It's never been at the right time at the right place.
0: Well, yeah. My next question was, uh, how often does Gordon get up to Alaska? And I mean, obviously, he travels around Canada, and he's in the lower 48. And I know that there are some great halls in Anchorage. I've been to a couple of them. But has he ever made it up to Anchorage, as far as you know? Not that I'm aware of. I hope you get the chance to see him in concert because it really is a wonderful experience.
1: I think it's outstanding that he's still performing.
0: Oh, isn't it great? I mean, the fact that he's still doing this because he loves it so much. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we love everything that he's done as well. So today we're talking about Christian Island. That's from the Don Quixote album. And for me, when I heard it, to me, it perfectly captures the mood of sailing on a sunny, quiet day on a lake. It's relaxed. It's happy. The weather is beautiful. It's very different from the sort of yacht rock that I think we have heard in the top 40s. I mean, it's very definitely not Jimmy Buffett or anything like that. Why did you particularly want to talk about this song? And maybe you can talk about your own connection. You say you're a sailor and you alluded to the fact that you'd been in the service. Um, Is this a passion of yours that goes beyond serving the U.S. Armed Forces?
1: It does indeed. For a number of years, my wife and I lived in Seward, Alaska, which is about 125 miles south of uh, Anchorage. We call it a, uh, a drinking village with a fishing problem, but uh, <laughs> but it is a small uh, fishing, uh, fishing town, uh, permanent population, about 2,500. And we lived there for, for 12 years, worked at a maximum security prison uh, during that, that time but uh, during the off weeks we went out sailing as much as we could we bought a 32 foot benito sailboat and we sailed it whenever we had the chance i worked what was called a week on week off schedule i worked for seven straight days and then i had seven straight days off uh, and that gave us lots of time to go out sailing and it's kind of a an open secret if you will among sailors that resurrection bay is a sailor's dream because uh, Most days, 9 out of 10, you'd have steady, consistent winds, 12 to 15 knots. During the morning, the winds would sweep down the bay and take you out down the 30-mile long length of the bay, and then about noon, the the wind would change, and it would sweep up the bay. So if you just wanted to go for a day sail, it was perfect. The winds would take you out in the morning and bring you back in the afternoon, and be in steady, consistent winds like I say, is a sailor's dream. You, you never have to worry about uh, variable winds coming or, or you don't have to change much at all uh, unless you were going against the wind and had to attack.
0: That does sound absolutely perfect. And, and I'm not a sailor by any stretch of the imagination, but I have been sailing a few times. So I understood a little bit of the lingo that you're using there. Is there a particular anecdote that you have about this particular song about Christian Island, or why it resonates with you so much,
1: just with the fact that there were a couple of bays along the, uh, the Resurrection Bay, a couple of uh, the Thumb Cove and uh, Humpy Cove, that were fantastic places to duck into uh, and shelter from the wind if the wind got up too much or if you had a storm come through. They were great places just to go out and tie for uh, anchor up for a weekend and and enjoy the. Uh, just hanging out. We'd take a couple of kayaks with us, and we'd use the sailboat as a base to go kayaking from uh, and explore uh, the Alaska wilderness. The nice thing was it was absolute wilderness. As soon as you were out of town, there was absolutely nothing but but wilderness around you—rocks and uh, mountains and and the sea.
0: Yeah, and I've uh, sailed around Seward Bay, and so I can uh, I can confirm that that's uh, it is just absolutely pristine and absolutely beautiful. And you mentioned, you know, the lee side, you know, of some islands, which is something we'll get into when we talk about the lyrics a little bit. What's the best setting for you to listen to Christian Island? Would it actually be on board ship or would it be on land or?
1: Oh, well, if I had to say the ideal setting, it'd be at anchor uh, out in one of the coves, on a beautiful sun, sunlit afternoon and just watching the mountains around you.
0: It doesn't get any better than that, you know, particularly around Seward. So yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. For me, I think I would love to be on a sailboat or a catamaran going around Lake Tahoe on a spring day, not the summer, because the summer gets really just appallingly hot, but around the the springtime on a clear sky where it's warm, but not too warm, and there's nothing but this blue water around you now of course lake tahoe in the spring and summer there's water skiers and jet skiers and goodness knows what else but that's i have a particular affection for lake tahoe and so that's you know where i would see myself listening to it the most let's talk a little bit about the song itself do you have an angle on how the song got written well i'm told
1: uh, from what i have read he uh, gordon Lightfoot, has, has been very fond of sailing himself and has owned a couple of small sailboats. That's just a fantastic way to get away from the hustle and bustle of performing and and recording and and the, the music business in general.
0: Yeah. And I think it was obviously a real life experience. This is not something that he made up or that he read about or that he heard about third person. I mean, this is something that he did and it's about a real place. You know, mm-hmm. Georgian Bay is where Christian Island is, and it's part of Lake Huron, and it's about 100 miles from his hometown of Orillia, Ontario, and I don't know exactly how far that is from Toronto, but it can't be more than a few hours' drive. We'll be right back to our conversation with John Claproth about Christian Island, but first, a word from one of our podcast partners. <laughs> Are you a fan of true crime, cults, conspiracies, and all things Sinister? Then tune in with me, your host, Steph, every week for a new episode of the Sinister Story Hour. You can find the Sinister Story Hour on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you're right, Gordon did own a couple of boats, uh, and we're gonna talk more about that very shortly. So, yeah, this was about his experiences. He did sail for quite a bit. And of course, he did uh, canoe trips uh, around the Canadian wilderness. Also, we'll talk a little bit about that as we go on. Let's talk a little bit, go through the lyrics here. I'm sailing down the summer wind. I got whiskers on my chin. John, you and I both have whiskers on our chins. Uh, And this is probably around the time that he grew his beard out for the first time. Because in the early albums, at least on the covers, you see him clean shaven. So this may have been maybe he grew his beard out while he was on one of these trips and decided to keep it that way.
1: That's entirely possible. Um, I kind of envision it being the work week is done. It's time to go sailing and nobody worries too much about shaving much when you, when you, you get a long weekend to go sailing. So I guess I can kind of tie that in with uh, the, the, the whiskers on his chin. You don't have to be concerned about the conventions of society when you're out sailing.
0: That's beautifully said. Yeah, you really don't. You just have to worry about not offending the people you're on the boat with too much. (laughs) Uh, And I like the mood I'm in. I know he loved sailing. This is probably where he felt closest to his roots. And I know a little later on in this series or maybe early next season, I'm going to be talking about at least one of his other uh, sailing songs. As I while away the time of day in the lee of Christian Island. Now, John, you being a sailor, can you say a little bit more about what they mean by the lee side or the lee way of an island?
1: Yeah, whether you're talking about or whether you're talking an island, you're going to have the windward side, the side that the wind comes from and hits. And then the leeward side is going away from the wind. So it's it's going to be the, the calmer side than the windward side will, will be. There's going to be more waves on the windward side and less waves on on the, uh, the lee side.
0: So for landlubbers, that would mean it would probably be the quieter side of the island. Yes, it would indeed. Christian Island, now I've never been there and I don't know if you have either, but I know that Christian Island has one of the best natural anchorages in all of Canada and maybe all of the Great Lakes tall and strong, she dips and reels. I call her Silver Heels. Now, I went looking for this because Silver Heels sounds like a great name for a boat. You mentioned that Gordon did own some boats, uh, or a couple of small sailboats. Do you know the names of Gordon's boats? The
1: Sundown and the Golden Goose.
0: Yeah, great. I figured that Sundown, I mean, how could he not name one of his boats? as sundown golden goose i don't know the backstory of that but i guess we could find it out another time and she tells me how she feels i mean this is great personification it feels like he's having a dialogue with this boat and i'm wondering is that something that sailors do that they have a sort of intuition about the boat or the ship that they're on that they just know how it feels or how it's doing
1: oh absolutely when conditions are perfect and you're just Sailing along without a care, the, the, wind, the, the sails are set just right, and uh, you, you're heeled over, dipping one side down in the water and just racing along. There are times when the boat just hums to you. So yes, you, you can get a sense of how, how the boat feels, uh, that it's, uh, it's enjoying what, uh, what's going on.
0: Yeah, and I think you'd have to be a sailor to really understand that. And, you know, Gordon is and was and you are and were. So that makes sense. She's a good old boat and she'll stay afloat through the toughest gales and keep smiling. Well, there's another kind of a meteorological term, but it's also a sailing term. So what is defined as a gale? Is there a way you can measure that?
1: Yes. it's a, when, when the wind hits a certain speed and forgive me, I can't think of what that is off the top of my head, what defines a gale. I think it's uh, over 45 knot. Don't hold me to that. I'm, I, I don't recall.
0: Okay, well, maybe some of our listeners out there can find out for us and be in touch with us, and we'll find out about contact information a little later on. Through the toughest gales and keep smiling. I mean, it's uh, boats don't smile, you know, in the natural (laughs) world. But you said that, you know, you can tell that the boat's doing well. It's like this boat was born for this. And so you've probably been on a boat where you felt it smiling, haven't you?
1: Oh, yeah. And we've been a few times in, in rough weather. There was one weekend trip we made out, uh, a four-day weekend, and it was dead calm going out. There was no wind. We had a motor out five miles out to the cove that we stayed in for the long weekend. But coming back, a a gale had blown in, and we were looking at 35, 40-knot winds that we were nosing into, and we were looking at five to eight-foot seas. It was a, a fun ride. Let's put it that way. You know, we just motored along at about probably three, four knots. I wasn't pushing her hard at all. Like I said, you just keep the nose in, into uh, the wind and into the, into the wave. And it was funny. My wife and my granddaughter were with, and they were sheltered under the Bimini, the uh, roof over the hatch. And they were sheltered under there. And I'm at the wheel, and, and I'm in my full ring gear net. And my wife said, you know, even though the waves were splashing over the boat, And getting soaking me at the wheel, she said, I was smiling the whole time. And it was a challenge, but it was a fun challenge. And I knew the boat was capable of handling it. It was just me that had to be sure of being sufficiently capable to handle the boat.
0: Perfect. And the fact that your wife was there and saying that she was smiling, and that probably meant that the boat was smiling because she was saying, I was born for this, just like i was said before. But for one more day, she would like to stay in the lee of Christian Island, which is this very idyllic, quiet area. It's, you know, away from the wind, like you said, although I have to think that it's Lightfoot who wants to stay, you know, as much as the boat does. Have you ever been to Christian Island or have you been to Lake Huron?
1: No, I have not been to Lake Huron. I've been up on Lake Superior and I grew up on the shore of Lake Michigan, but I have not been to Huron.
0: Okay the pictures that I have seen of it and the image that I have of it in my head is that it's just beautiful. And I think on a summer's day, it would be a perfect place to write a song. And that's probably what Gordon did because I can't imagine him being without his guitar, you know, Mm -hmm. at, at a time like this. I'm sailing down the summer day where fish and seagulls play. I put my troubles all away. And John, this comes back to this idea that you were talking about earlier that now, he doesn't need to worry about touring. He doesn't need to worry about recording. He doesn't need to worry about feeding a band, about where he needs to be. He's truly on vacation. He doesn't have to preoccupy himself with any of that. What better setting is there to write a song? Oh, yeah. We'll be right back to our conversation with John Claproth about Christian Island. But first, a word from one of our podcast partners. Stepping away from folk music for a second, I wanted to tell you about Newsly, It's an audio app for iOS and Android that picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time in the history of the internet, the web has become listenable. You can browse articles from topics you choose and start playing the narration right away. And they have podcasts as well, trending podcasts from over 40 countries, including, of course, Carefree Highway Revisited. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me or from the link in the show notes. And use promo code CHR2022 to receive a one-month free premium subscription. That's www.newsly.me.
1: One of the weekends we took my uh, daughter and and her, uh, at that time, new husband. I think it was the first time he had ever been out on a sailboat. And at one point we're out there sailing and, and he and my granddaughter are sitting up at the bow with the legs hanging over the over the front and they're watching dolphins play right under the the bow of the boat within 10, 15 feet of them. So oh, yeah, wow. it's it's uh it's a great feeling to to see that happening.
0: That's just amazing. How beautiful is that? And when the gale comes up, I'll fill my cup with the whiskey of the highlands. I gotta think that he's talking about Scotch whiskey. <laughs> You know, he was, of course, a drinker in those days. Of course, he's been sober for many years now because he's referring to the Highlands, and I don't know of any Highlands other than Scotland uh, that produce whiskey. I mean, I know that Canadians produce whiskey, but I didn't know that they had. Are there any Canadian Highlands? I guess would be my question. Do you know of any?
1: Well, there are the Rockies. Uh, They they do extend up through uh, through Canada. So as to whether there are any uh, whiskeys produced there, that I couldn't say, but during my time of being a a sailor in the u.s navy i spent two years of that time in scotland
0: no kidding Uh, okay and
1: it was the time of my life it was fantastic and at that time i did drink my share of uh, whiskey and scotch one of the things that we did as a pr thing for the navy was we formed a tug-of-war team to compete in the highland games now if you're not familiar with the highland games those are the clan competitions that uh, historically the, the scots have, have always done but of all the competitions in the highland games all of them are all single competitions with the sole exception of tug-of-war that's the only team competition so we formed a tug-of-war team and we practiced by pulling a pickup truck around the field it, it, yeah, it was great fun we did fairly well we uh, i think we did we took the year i pulled we took second place uh, in Scotland at uh, all the different different Highland games. It was both tradition and strategy was that if you were the visiting team, the home team was obligated to stand a round of drinks. Like I said, this was both custom and it was also strategy. They felt if they could drink us under the table, they could pull us off the field. But okay, that, that's, that actually is
0: good thinking, I guess. Oh, yeah,
1: but it didn't work with a bunch of Yank sailors.
0: No, uh, I imagine a bunch of Navy guys would probably be wise to that. But the
1: custom dictated, they handed out a bunch of paper cu- um, paper or plastic cups, poured out four or five fingers of, fingers of straight scotch into the cup, and you were expected by the tradition to knock it back. Right? Oh, wow. Okay, That's So like shots. How. That's how, where I learned how to drink scotch and drink it straight. <laughs> now, <laughs> and it was in the context
0: was, of being in the Navy, so it's perfect uh, for what we're talking about here. Oh, yeah.
1: Unfortunately, it was usually cheap scotch. Um, but... Uh, it was uh, developed a a love for scotch that I held for many years until I could quit drinking uh, half a decade uh, back.
0: So you got the best of both worlds. Okay. You got to experience and you got out of it. Good for you. She's a good old ship and she'll make the trip from the Lee of Christian Island. And the only question I would have, and we don't have the answer to this is to where is she making the trip? There's only so many places you can go on Lake Huron, but I would think it would be back to shore and back to the quote-unquote real world.
1: I'm sure he had the the boat at an anchorage somewhere, uh, and that that was wherever he was sailing back to.
0: Right. I don't know the yacht clubs or where the docks would be, you know, on Curon, but obviously he kept it someplace where it was going to be safe. Tall and strong, she slips along. I sing for her a song, and she leans into the wind. Now, I think this is where, again, I'm going to pick your brain as a sailor. If a boat is leaning into the wind, she's relying on the wind to get places as opposed to having to be motored someplace. Am I right in thinking that?
1: Absolutely. And it's going to heal over with the pressure of the wind and tip you to the side. faster the wind, the faster you're sailing, the more it's going to heal you over to the side. You can actually get to where we would actually... End up burying the bearing of the taprail in the water, the, the corner edge of, the, of the, the, the the hull where the hull meets the deck. Uh, you can actually bury that under, under uh, underwater if you had the ship uh, heeled over sufficiently, if you're making enough speed.
0: All right. Well, at least I got my thinking right on that. She's a good old boat and she'll stay afloat through the toughest gales and keep smiling. He's already said this. Mm -hmm. And then he finishes the song by saying, when the summer ends, we will rest again in the lee of Christian Island. And that's just a reference to this is a good anchorage. We talked about this earlier before the voyage back to the shore and to home and to real life. So he's talking about at the very end of the summer, we're just going to soak up every little bit of this pleasure cruise that we're on. And then, and only then when we're good and ready, we're going to go back and get back to work. So the song was on his eighth album, which was Don Quixote. And John, I know that you're a musician also. So I'm wondering what your favorite musical aspect of the song is. just, uh,
1: it's, it's my favorite kind of song is, is, uh, ballad, uh, something that tells a good story. And this certainly qualifies in in that regard. Uh, Certainly a a good story uh, that he's putting forth in song. Um, I, I think that's my favorite aspect of it.
0: I think for me, there is around the middle of the song, there's something fading into the mix that sounds very much like either an accordion or an organ, but neither one of those instruments are in the credits. Of the song or of the album, Gordon did not use keyboard a whole lot um, at that point in his career, and I don't know that he had a whole lot of accordion listed. But listening to the record itself, are you able to identify whether it's an accordion or or an organ?
1: No, I I wouldn't be able to say. I'm going to have to go back and and listen close for for that point uh, to to hear what it is you're you're talking about.
0: The credits of this one, Gordon Lightfoot, of course, playing six and twelve string guitar and plays it beautifully. Red Shea playing high string guitar and classical guitar uh, and dobro, although I don't hear any dobro on this song. Terry Clements was playing lead acoustic, although I don't hear any fills. Rick Haynes was playing bass, of course. Rye Cooter played mandolin, but I don't hear any mandolin. And then Nick DiCaro. Uh, who has done a lot of string arrangements for Gordon over the years. I was doing the string arrangements for this. And again, no accordion, no organ listed. Somebody was probably playing it and maybe just didn't get credited for it. He has played this song 238 times in concert, and it's his 34th most frequently played song The first time he played it was in December of 1973 in Columbus, Ohio, and that was more than a year after Don Quixote came out. So it's kind of interesting that he waited that long to insert this into the set. And then most recently, he played it last July in Chicago. So he has not apparently played it on the current tour. He may have, and I would love to hear it played, but he apparently hasn't done that. The song was never released as a single, which I can understand. But the album did make number one on the Canadian RPM 100, number 42 on the US Billboard 200, and then number 44 in the UK. It's been re-recorded by three different artists, Keith Berry, George Hamilton IV, and George has done a whole bunch of things that Gordon has, and John McLaughlin. And we had John on our show some months ago, and he's going to be coming back next season to do an episode for us. I did not hear it when I have heard him in concert, and you haven't heard him in concert yet, but we can hope that he does perform it when the next time we see him. John, have you heard any of the cover versions of this one?
1: I did look them up this afternoon. I had not heard any any of the uh, other covers prior to this, uh, but I listened to Keith Berry's version. I didn't find George Hamilton's version, but I did listen to John McLaughlin's version. I liked. Uh, John McCLacklin's version. Very simple, just him and a guitar, uh, but very, very nicely done.
0: Yeah. And John is just a master at rendering Gordon's songs. And, you know, when we have him back on the show, I hope he'll be performing for us. So as we wrap up, is there anyone that you would like to hear record this song that we haven't mentioned so far, either from what we can call the folk era or today, anybody that you could think, you know, hey, his voice would sound really good with this or her voice would sound really good with this?
1: Unfortunately, it's not possible. He's been gone for for too many years, uh, but I would have loved to have heard Stan Rogers.
0: Yeah, I didn't think of Stan Rogers. I always think of his voice as being a little bit too low for this, but he's he was such a great talent. I thought of Tommy Maycomb, um, mm-hmm. because having this with an Irish brogue might be fun. I thought about Pete Seeger, although Pete Seeger was not known for doing songs by contemporary artists that much, uh, and maybe David Crosby. And the reason I say that is that David is a sailor and so has, you know, a certain amount of exposure to that. And he's written things like The Lee Shore and songs about sailing. We'll be right back to our conversation with John Claproth about Christian Island. But first, a word from one of our podcast partners is that song really a cover what instrument are they playing there what do those crazy lyrics mean if you're the kind of person who thinks about stuff like that you're in luck because i've got just the podcast for you how good it is chooses a single song each episode and takes a dive into the story behind the song and the artist who made it famous i'm claude call you can find me in your favorite podcast software or just point your browser to howgooditis.com how
1: good it is
0: So, John, before you serenade us here, this is a first on Carefree Highway Revisited, as we're going to have some music performed here by someone who isn't Gordon Lightfoot. John, where can people find you online?
1: I've played a number of times at the Anchorage Folk Festival, and there are some recordings of the groups that I've played with online, including doing some of my original songs. Uh, The two groups I play with is uh, Alaska Jumping Flea Society, which is an ukulele group, uh, and then we have another group called the Paddleboat Jam Band, uh, an eclectic meetup of anybody with an acoustic instrument. And like I said, we've, both of those have been featured on the uh, the Anchorage Folk Festival.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, take it away. John Claproth, doing Christian Island.
1: I'm okay summer wind I've got whiskers on my chin and I like the mood I'm in as I while away the time of day in the lee of Christian Island tall and strong she dips and reels I call her Silver heels and she tells me how she feels she's a good old boat and she'll stay afloat through the toughest gills and keep smiling but for one more day she would like to stay in the real Christian Island I'm sailing down summer day, where the fish and seagulls play, I put my troubles all away, and when the gales come up, I fill my cup with the whiskey of the Highland, she's a good old ship, and she'll make the trip from the Lee of Christian Island. She slips along, I sing for her a song, and she leans into the wind. She's a good old boat, and she'll stay afloat through the toughest gales and keep smiling. When the summer ends, we'll rest again in the of Christian Island. I'm sailing down the summer wind. I've got whiskers on my chin, and I like the mood I'm in. As I while away the time of day in the lead of Christian Island.
0: Thank you so much, John. That is absolutely beautiful. And it was a real treat to have that as we wrap up our time together. Thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Well,
1: I greatly appreciate you having me. Uh, It's always fun being (laughs) here.
0: And thanks for listening, everyone. If you like this well enough to listen to the whole thing, tell somebody about it. Carefree Highway Revisited is on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our website is www.lightfootpodcast.com, and our Patreon page is www.patreon.com slash carefreehighwayrevisited. You can reach me, Mike Messner, at teachermike72 at gmail.com. Our next episode will be coming out around February 19th. It'll be right before I leave for a week's vacation in Disneyland. And Jeffrey Coast will be joining me. And he'll be talking about The Circle mm-hmm. is Small from the Back Here on Earth album in 1968. And it was also re-recorded for the Endless Wire record in 1978. Until then, this is Mike Messner reminding you, run for the roses, but don't forget to stop and smell them. We'll see you next time. I'm saying summer wind i've got whiskers on my chin and i like the mood i'm in as i while away the time of day in the lee of christian island